Good morning, Sunday people. How are you? God is good? All the time. Garrett mentioned earlier as uh, we entered into this uh, space that we designate to worship that uh, later next month we've got some great events happening. The Science Mike event, I really do want to encourage us uh, to, we want to pack this place, so go ahead and uh, pull out your app. Uh, you could even do it right now, uh, anytime, but order your tickets. We want this place packed. Bring your friends. Science Mike is a really innovative guy, and he's going to do his live podcast right here in the sanctuary, and people are going to bring their questions. Uh, he connects quite a bit with atheists and agnostics and people of faith who just have questions, and he's going to field questions, and it's a Q&A time, and then that podcast is going to be uh, going live, so you're going to be a part of a live studio audience, uh, and you don't have to head into L.A. for that kind of thing. So join us that night. Uh, pick up your tickets, that's for sure. So today we have uh, an amazing text. Today's text is 10 verses long. It's uh, the last. We're concluding the Sermon on the Plain. And the Sermon on the Plain in Luke's Gospel is quite a bit shorter than Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. Matthew's Sermon on the Mount is three chapters Luke's Sermon on the Plain that we've been looking at for a couple of weeks only begins in chapter 6 at the 17th verse and goes through verse 49. So that's where we're going to finish today. And actually, it's, I'm going to tip you off just a little bit. It's, it's funny. It's, it's funny stuff. How many of you, um, not that I'd be able to see you, but I have this eye problem today. How many, if, when you think about the teachings of Jesus, how often do you think, hey, that's funny? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Wow, that's a pretty good response. Well, I, I hope that, you know, you're going to see by the time we're done today that this is funny. I think... If, if I could have drawn cartoon caricatures of each of these four little vignettes, they would be great in a newspaper. Because that, to me, is what Jesus is trying to unfold for us. Okay? So let's go to the NIV version first. And the Word of God uh, begins for us this morning. You can follow as I read. Jesus told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Won't they both end in a ditch? That's as far as I memorized, so I have to take this off. <laughs> Hi, guys. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your own eye, sorry, in your brother or sister's eye, and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye? This is funny. It's, it, it's funny. How can, how can you say 
to your brother or sister, brother, sister, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. Oh, here now it gets intense. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly enough to see the speck in somebody else's eye. Next slide. No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. This is common sense. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart. And an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They're like a wise person building a house who dug down deep, typically past the frost line, which in cold places is three feet, and laid the foundation on rock so that when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. That's wisdom. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a person who built a house on the ground without a foundation or just a slab, nothing to anchor. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. The reading of God's Word. Now, that's the NIV. Can I read it in the message? I rarely do this, but the message is very, very colorful. And actually, if that wasn't challenging enough, we're going to see the message language be even more profoundly challenging. So this is Eugene Peterson's The Message Translation, which, by the way, even the New International Version, or the NASB, all these versions, they're all translations. Okay? He quoted a proverb, Can a blind man guide a blind man when they both end up in the ditch? An apprentice doesn't lecture the master. The point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. Good wisdom there. Now this is where it gets pretty cool. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face <laughs> and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on Ouch. Wait, do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you, when your own face is distorted <laughs> by contempt? It's this, I know better than you mentality again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your own part. Wipe that ugly sneer off of your own face. And then you might be fit to offer your neighbor a washcloth. You don't get wormy apples off of a healthy tree, nor do you get good apples off of a diseased tree. The health of the apple 
tells us the health of the tree. So begin with your own life-giving lives. It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Your true being brims over into your words and ultimately your deeds. Why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir. And that's right, sir. But never doing a thing I tell you to do. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standards of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. So when the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing can shake it. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter. I like that, dumb carpenter, who built a house but skipped the foundation. Because when the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. The reading of God's Word. Should we pray? We probably ought to. These are slightly challenging words. Loving and holy God, wow, challenging. So, the challenge today, not let this be just another Bible study. Not let this be just another talk. May the words come alive in our mind, our heart, and our soul in new ways so that it goes deep, so that it transforms us. Discipleship is hard. Discipleship is deep. Discipleship is profound. Discipleship is extreme heart surgery. Discipleship is a life in you, Jesus Christ, fully alive, grace-soaked, grace-formed, grace to be given. What a challenge this will soon be for each and every one of us, and collectively, all of us. With fear and trepidation, we accept the challenge of heart surgery this morning. May it come alive to each and every and all. In your strong name we pray. Amen. So today, I, I think, uh, features four cartoon caricatures. Four of them. Uh, I think they're funny. I think if, if, if I had an artist who could draw sketches of each of these, they would be in the funny section. But one of the cool things about the funny section is they're funny until we let it go deep, and then it speaks truth. And then we're, we're in that crosshair moment, right? Do I let it go deeper, or do I just put the newspaper away? Oh, 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 oh that was funny. And not let it go any further than that. I think as disciples of Christ, we can be people who create space for others. Other people who will stop and stare, talked about that last week. When we take the words of the Sermon on the Plain seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. 
You see, our work as disciples of Christ is serious work. But it's Christ that's at work. Take him seriously, not ourselves. So you want to look, you want to look at these four cartoons for a moment, briefly? You want to have some fun with it? As much as I can have fun with stuff. So here's cartoon caricature number one. Let's see the first slide. Boom, there it is. Uh, it's like the blind leading the blind. The blind leading the blind. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Of course not. It's funny. doesn't work. I almost had Alfredo blindfold up and lead me up the stairs. That would not have worked. Especially if he would have spoken in Spanish. Because <laughs> he could tell me all he wants. And I don't know what he's saying. But, so it's great. You know, can a blind man lead a blind man? Here's the caricature of it. The point is, no, you can't. A blind person can't lead a blind person. Now Jesus, in this cartoon character, caricature, is saying, listen, he's kind of ripping the Pharisees. Listen, the Pharisees think they got everything lined up. But they're blind. And you're trying to follow behind along with the Pharisees, and so are you. You're blind. The blind can't lead the blind. So who are you going to follow? Don't anybody here say Ghostbusters? Did anybody think that? How many thought it? I, you thought it. You did. You, you thought, okay. Another one over here, right? And that's what's, that's what's happening in this text. Jesus is speaking against the Pharisees. Why? Because they're blind to God breaking in in this new way. Now the issue here that disqualifies the Pharisees, and I find this fascinating, is not their blindness. Hear me on this. Their blindness just represents their flaws. You see, it's not our flaws that disqualify anyone from leadership. Here's what disqualifies us from leadership. It's our blindness to our blindness. Eugene was great in his translation. It's this holier-than-thou mentality that thinks it's coming from on high. You see, it's, it's not our flaws that disqualify us. It's being blind to our blindness. It's being blind to our weakness. See, good leaders are the ones that know their weak spots, their flaws, and then they build a team of people around them that fill in those flaws. That's good leadership. Bad leadership, in fact, no leadership at all, are those folks who are blind to their flaws and they bring people in with them who are also blind about their blindness. You ever see this work itself out? Turn on the TV any second of every day. So this is, a, this is just a fascinating cartoon caricature. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work. So the question that we're left with is in this cartoon is, <laughs> who are we following? There is no other name. We sang it. There is no other name than Jesus 
Jesus, Jesus. That's who we follow. Thank you. I was very self-conscious about singing in front of all of you. Not sure that's even what that was. So that's the first, you know, that's the first cartoon character. And I, I think it's funny. As if that's not funny enough, we move from this moral superiority without any kind of emotional intelligence or emotional self-awareness or emotional self-control or emotional boundariness. We move from that, I could unpack that for a half hour, we move from that to the second cartoon caricature, which is uh, this plank in the eye trying to remove a speck in the eye. When I was a young boy, I had a, my uncle Raj is uh, the uncle, my dad's brother. My uncle Raj was awesome. He was a Votech. He was a principal at Woodstock High School outside of Chicago, Illinois, and he was a he ended up doing some really cool things. He, he pioneered a program in their Votech department where he would take a group of students and throughout the course of the year, they would build a house start to scratch. So I can remember one time I got a phone call from one of my family members saying that something had happened on the work site and my Uncle Raj, something flew into my Uncle Raj's eye. My Uncle Raj had a speck of something, following the text, had a speck of something in, in his eye. And I loved my Uncle Raj. I spent a weekend with him once uh, when I was in eighth grade. I may have told you about this. I'm not sure. I, I love working, you know, with wood and in my hands and painting and things of this nature because the cool thing about it is you start with nothing and two days later you complete your projects and it's beautiful, right? There's a lot of therapy for that for people like me. He taught me, as an eighth grader, how to build two corner shelves, and, and, and I built my own desk, right? I built my own desk. Anyway, we get this phone call. My Uncle Raj, something happened. It was pretty bad. He might lose his eyesight. Now, can you imagine my Uncle Raj going to see his eye doctor and his eye doctor walking in to the, to the office? Roger, how are you? How you doing, Uncle Raj? Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the eye. I can't get all that close to you. Uh, oh boy, yep, you got something in the eye there, but you know what, here's some good news, Raj. Uh, I'll meet you in the OR in about, well, let's go tomorrow morning. I'll meet you in the OR tomorrow morning. I'll be right there, and uh, no problem, I got this. Tomorrow morning comes, my Uncle Raj is laid out on the table. He's all, you know, IV'd in. Doctor walks in. Okay, Raj, you ready to go? I'm going to remove that speck from your eye. By the way, here's the scalpel. It's funny. It's funny. Can't you see this as a cartoon caricature? Can you put this? There it is. No, I mean, you've got to take the log out first. Now the doctor... Now the doctor can remove. Because the point in this story is both need to be removed. Both the plank and the speck. They need to be removed. Now I find this interesting for, for church folks like us because oftentimes we can be so blinded by the ego that comes from our own altruism. Hope you understood all those words. 
we can become so blinded by the ego of our traditions and our altruism, the way we felt so great about ourselves over so many years, that we can't, we, can, we think we can see the speck everywhere, but we got this huge plank stuck in our eye. Actually, I've never held a bat like this before. My wrist is starting to burn. <laughs> Do you got a plank in your eye, anybody? Anybody here got a bat in their eye? Pushed it in a little too far. Anybody got a bat in their eye? What's your bat say? Your bet say pride? Does your, does your bat say hurt? I just got to use two hands now. That's all there is to it. Anybody here carrying some hurts? Anybody here carrying some resentments? Anybody here got a holier-than-thou attitude? Anybody here think they know better than anybody else about almost everything or at least one or two things? I'm going to try not to hit anybody. Sorry, Dale, that was close. What does your bat, what does your plank say, friends? Go ahead. What does it say? Or is this an uncomfortable moment that hits too close to home? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of true. Good news is we're not left there. You know, we sang a great song earlier. It's always with us. All we have to do is admit we got a plank in our eye. And Jesus comes along with all kinds of grace and all kinds of forgiveness. And he just says, man, come on, stop carrying that plank. It actually hurts. Give it, just let me have it, man. Just give it to him. Not worth it. Just, just wipe that ugly sneer off your face. Let me have it. It's so polarizing. Just give it away. Yeah, God? <laughs> I know I forgot the fruit. We didn't have any apples or oranges in the refrigerator. Sorry about that. Third one, you ready? Is the uh, tree and her fruit. Tree and her fruit is, is fairly, I love that. I tried to find one with a wormy thing, but this worked out pretty good. Each tree is known by its own fruit. In other words, a healthy tree bears good fruit, an unhealthy tree bears dysfunctional fruit. 
And we have to work backwards on this one because what we actually do comes from what we actually say. And what we actually do and say comes from what we think. And what we do and what we say and what we think is driven by the state of our soul. So all the way through here, there's this very, very strong appeal, and even last week, if you remember, to generosity and loving all people and even our enemies twice and being generous and kind and being led by Jesus the Christ, being people that have emotional intelligence and taking that plank out of our eyes so that the speck can be removed, or even more provocatively, wiping that ugly sneer off your face. It's, it's about controlling this thing. That's gross. It's about controlling the tongue. It's about being boundaried, it's about being respectful, it's about being self-controlled, it's about practicing emotional sobriety. I think this stuff's funny. I think Jesus is, is sitting at his desk late at night, although he's on a plane, conjuring up writing cartoon characters to go in the newspaper. <laughs> Can't you see it? And then there's this fourth one. And they've all kind of built up to this one. It's the wise and the foolish builders. You know, a wise builder uses good footings. Somebody that wants to cut corners, make a faster buck, cut down costs, doesn't go past the frost line. Maybe just lays it on a slab so that if the river rises a little too quickly, carries the whole thing away. So the challenge as the Sermon on the Plain ends is very, very simple, scarce, and profound. Jesus Christ is the wise builder, the foundation. The gospel starts with Christ. And we're second. And if we begin to live like this in a world whose tongue is a runaway train, in every picking sector of society. I guarantee you people will stop and stare. Well, they don't act like everybody else. This isn't eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. He ripped me, I rip him. Rip him. Tit for tat. 
Yeah, if we do these things, people will stop and stare because we're in an alternative movement called the realm of God and it exhibits unconditional love for all people, everywhere, always. Even our enemies. Even our enemies. So we forgive. We're generous. We're kind. We're self-controlled and self-aware. We practice emotional sobriety. We're respectful. We're boundaried. We're humble. We bear virtuous fruits because our foundation is built on Jesus Christ first. And that's what happens when this comes out. We're always second in the gospel to what Christ is doing. I'm working on it. I'm a competitive guy. Most of this doesn't come easy, does it? Our natural inclination as human beings is to defend ourselves or our people or our positions. Yeah, that's just more of this. Will you commit with me to a simple act of allowing the wood cross of Jesus Christ to remove the wooden plank in our eyes? So that we really truly can show the world another way to live? That's really what it means to be a missional church. Anything else is just, yeah, nonsense. Let's pray. Well, God, as usual, you do not let us down. If we really, I mean, really read the text as it's written, it can't help but challenge many, if not all, of our assumptions. Personal assumptions, political assumptions. Disentangle us from both of those to be conformed more and 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 more to to the image of God in Jesus Christ known as the realm of God. May it be so. Do the tender surgery that needs to be done in this space this morning. Because that's how much 
Your Holy Spirit loves us. Loves us so much. Never to let us stay the way we are. Hear our prayers, O God. May people stop and stare at you. Let us close with...